Welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. We're dispensing stories of success from across the continuum of care. I'm your host, Hillary Blackburn. Thanks for joining us to learn from leaders throughout the pharmacy industry. Hey listeners, welcome to October, American Pharmacist Month. We're so excited to celebrate and share more stories of pharmacists who are doing exciting things. And I think you'll find this one interesting with Jim Lavelle talking about the metabolic code. All right, so today we have a special guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Our guest is James Laval who is an internationally recognized clinical pharmacist, author, board-certified clinical nutritionist, an expert and educator in integrative and precision health. Uh, James is best known for his expertise in personalized integrative therapies, uncovering the underlying metabolic issues that keep people from feeling healthy and vital. A thought leader in the drug and nutrient depletion issues, He has published four books and three databases in this area alone. As such, he has over 35 years experience integrating natural and integrative therapies into various medical and business models. His latest research is in drug-induced microbiome disruption. He's the founder of the Metabolic Code Enterprises, Inc., which has launched the cloud-based metabolic code, which helps practitioners and consumers identify their metabolic type through labs, subjective surveys, evaluation of drug-induced nutrition, nutrient depletion, and biometrics. He also founded Integrative Health Resources, which is focused on natural products industry consulting. James, welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. It is good to be here because as a pharmacist, I love it when we're talking about health. So this is awesome. Well, great. And we're glad that you're here and to share a little bit. This is certainly an interesting topic, um, talking uh, more and more, you know, functional medicine, integrative medicine, um, looking at the microbiome. I think it's definitely an area that people are intrigued about. So tell us a little bit about your journey and how did you as a pharmacist uh, get into this area of practice? Well, it was interesting. I, I went to pharmacy school at the University of Cincinnati and uh, was at, it was founded by John Uri Lloyd, who was you know one of the big movers in the eclectic medical movement and started a drug company called Lloyd Specifics Medicine. So, so our pharmacy school is actually based on botanical medicine. And so when you walked in the school, you would see this massive display of, you know, early pharmacy in the early 1900s. And it really piqued my interest in it. And I took pharmacognosy in school. So I took the study of plant medicine and and so for me it it piqued my interest and then i was active you know i was a competitive bodybuilder i was a, a division 1 scholarship athlete so i was very interested in being more proactive but really what 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 triggered it for me was you know i basically fell into an overtraining syndrome it burned myself out went to a practitioner who was doing you know integrative and natural therapies back in 1984 hmm. And uh, I applied it. I felt an enormous difference in my health. 
and and I immediately moved towards wanting to just incorporate that as a part of how do I help people get well? I was, you know, just coming out of pharmacy school and working my hospital rotations and working in retail pharmacy rotations. And it was great work. And I, and I love talking to people, but I wanted to be able to do more for them. And so that set me off on my journey, you know, in 1985, started working with people on designing more health oriented plans, looking at what nutrients were depleted from them, you know, how they could improve their health. Uh, and from that, you know, taught 17 years at the College of Pharmacy and Medicine and did consulting work with companies like, you know, P&G and Bayer and a bunch of the kind of the vitamin companies we all know now in the professional space. But, it, you know, the biggest thing was probably my experience with patients because, you know, I developed a, a facility called Laval Metabolic Institute where we were actually seeing about three to 400 people a week where we were literally putting precision health plans together for all of them. And I had physicians and nurses and dietitians and acupuncturists, you had a fitness center and, and did imaging MRIs. It was a really big, probably the biggest facility in the country doing it. And uh, I, I think that journey of um, not feeling well, maybe looking really good, winning bodybuilding championships, but not feeling well, and then understanding that there's a lot you can do to get your best health possible. And that was really what, you know, created the 22 books and 18 ebooks and, and all the databases that I've written. And, you know, being the co-chair at the American Academy of Anti-Aging Medicine, it's really all driven about how do we get people to have the, the health they deserve? Mm-hmm. Yeah, fascinating. So, what was your sport uh, for your Division One? I? I was football. Okay. Yeah, and and you know, and literally got hurt mm-hmm. and uh, didn't get to really fulfill that. Uh, you know, I collapsed a disc in my neck. That was mm-hmm. over. So I went into the the whole um, powerlifting and weightlifting and and uh, really moving in that direction. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I I think that. Oftentimes when we start in sports and things early on, it's one of those things that's just ingrained in your uh, DNA, if you will, and you're, you're used to doing that and kind of lead to a passion of, of, of living that healthy lifestyle. So um, uh, maybe you can share a little bit about what some of the main points that you found along the way that are really essential for creating and maintaining uh, a strong, healthy body? Yeah, you know, I I think um, when I developed the Metabolic Code platform, it was really to, you know, detail that for people. I think there's key things that we have to take care of in order to really, you know, watch our epigenetics or what our genes are either expressing or what we're keeping from expressing, right? Uh, and, and so there's some key areas and, you know, I think managing stress. So understanding the relationship between stress hormones and blood sugar and thyroid hormones, that's incredibly important because I, I can't tell you how many times I had to explain to people that, and, and I actually did research in this area. When you get stressed out and you're pumping a lot of cortisol out, your blood sugars are going to go up. You're going to store fat. And when that cortisol goes up, your thyroid hormone starts to go down and now you're not burning fat and you're feeling sluggish. So when that relationship gets out of balance, uh, you, you, you know, you gain weight and you feel fatigued. And I got to tell you, there's an epidemic of pe- people that have gained weight and feel fatigued. 
uh, at least that come in and see me even today. And so that's a key area. And I, I think another big key area is finally we're understanding the gut microbiome. I mean, when I, when I wrote the book, Cracking the Metabolic Code, the second edition is coming out this year, but the first edition, there was maybe 20 or 30 studies talking about, you know, gut permeability problems and food allergies and how they impact your health. Well, you know, now fast forward today, we realize this relationship between the gut, your immune system, and how your brain functions, meaning, you know, do you have neuroinflammation going on? Is that leading to feeling anxious, nervous, trouble sleeping? You know, what other issues you might be having? But how that interplay between those three relationships, you know, take hold. And, and so I find that it's really important. I mean, I, I can talk to people about, you know, hey, what, what's the right drug or what nutrients should you, you should consider? But the reality is teaching people how to eat and getting them to eat more responsibly and maybe getting them to eat a little less frequently. You know, I, I think in general, people eat too much. They eat too late. They eat too often. They're under a lot of stress and they don't get enough sleep. And that's before they get exposed to environmental burden or maybe they're overtraining. I've, today, a lot of people train too much. Um, so I think it's really important that we get these key concepts of, you know, what's the right diet for me? Uh, how am I managing my stress? Because I think uh, if I had to think of one of the big things that really shifts your chemistry, it, it's stress response. Uh, and, and then, you know, what kind of sleep am I getting? And am I, am I making an effort to move? And if you can start to conquer those things, uh, it really goes a long way and into how people uh, can manage their health as they're aging. Uh, because, you know, we got half the population is either diabetic or pre-diabetic in the U.S. And uh, you know, that's a that's a big number. And uh, and that means that we've got a lot of people that are in trouble with future heart disease risk, future cancer risk, uh, you know, future peripheral vascular disease risk. You know, it, it's kind of like when, you're, when your blood sugar is going bad and you're insulin resistant, a lot of things start to happen. So that's why I think those are key areas for people. And, you know, the, the problem that we find, at least, you know, when I was going through, you know, working with so many people a week for so many years, is it how do we explain it simply to them? And that's why I came up with trying to, you know, break things down into big, into networks like gut, immune, brain. How resilient are you? Uh, you know, the pandemic of the last year kind of showed that when, when people's immune systems are kind of in that inflammatory stance, you know, they're, they're making inflammatory chemicals, you know, just because they're overweight it, or, or maybe they're pre-diabetic, it makes, it makes them more prone or vulnerable to when, you know, they get exposed to something. And I, I think getting, I think finally people are getting aware that they want to work on their bodies. And so those are the, some key areas, obviously certain nutrients that are depleted, I think almost, you know, as a, you know, as a state of the American diet are really important as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I love how you broke that down too, into kind of buckets. Um, so gut. Um, what are some that's great. Yeah. What are some of the the main things that I mean you you talked about um people or I mean gosh, the American diet. I mean, we have seen obesity just ramp up over the last several decades, right? That's and right. so what are some of the just, you know, key things that you're telling people just in terms of that gut um bucket, if you will? Sure. I mean, you know, when you think of the gut, 
um, obviously we, we think, oh, it's, you know, hey, I'm pooping good. That means I'm okay. And, <laughs> and it, it, you know, there's a lot more to it than that. So, you know, food allergies, for example, you know, a lot of people have food intolerances or food allergies that trigger chronic inflammation. And now there's new papers over the last three years that show that it can lead to autoimmunity, uh, can lead to obesity. So just the fact that when you eat certain foods that you may be reactive to, and there's the obvious, oh, is it gluten? Is it dairy? But it could be almonds. It, you know, it could be avocado. You know, it's so testing for foods that are making your immune system trigger, and then you create inflammatory compounds. It feeds into this process, which is called metaflammation. So, and this is a term in the medical literature, metaflammation, metabolic inflammation, which leads to inflamed aging. So one of the things that I talk to people about is they go, hey, I'm taking fiber, I'm doing probiotics, I'm taking things that kill yeast, and I've done a, I've done a, uh, you know, a, a test for my microbiome. But what a lot of people don't realize is if you're under chronic stress, chronic stress will basically turn up inflammatory compounds in your body and send a signal down the enteric nervous system. So you have an enteric nervous system that connects the brain to the gut. And that signal triggers more release of inflammatory compounds that make your gut leaky and permeable. And when your gut gets permeable, that means that it allows things to get through the, these things called tight junctions that then um, normally wouldn't get through. And when they get through things like bacteria, you could have proteins or peptides, and now your immune system starts to react to those things. And so the first thing to understand is caring for your gut is more than my having one healthy bowel movement a day. It's understanding that a healthy gut with good integrity helps you to absorb nutrients and protects you against triggering inflammation signaling. And of course, the next piece that's important about the gut is it, it really helps you to process hormones. So as your body, if you're, you know, for example, a woman and you're, and you're making estrogen and then you go to metabolize your estrogen, if you have healthy microflora, you carry that, those estrogen metabolites out in, in your bowel movements. Uh, but if you're eating a diet that's maybe high in saturated fat, high in refined carbs, high in sugars, and when we're under stress, you know, we're not looking to get broccoli. You know, we're under stress. I want that cookie. I want that bag of chips. I mean, you might be even hugging that bag of chips, you know, when you get home from work, you know, it's like that, that potato chip bag meant love. So when you're eating that kind of diet, now your, your flora start to make an enzyme that takes the handle off of that estrogen that would normally carry it out of the body. And now it recirculates. And so you hear the term estrogen dominance. And so I think it's really important for people to understand that your gut is processing hormones, helping to, to absorb uh, nutrients and utilize nutrients. It helps to signal whether you're hungry or you're satisfied. It even helps in terms of your mood. There's a direct connection to the gut and the microbiome and whether you're depressed or not. And so for, for me, the gut is so intrinsically tied in to your immune system. And because of the enteric nervous system that connects the gut and the brain, it can have a dramatic impact on your mood and whether you have energy or whether you feel foggy headed. I always ask people, do you feel like you're pushing a thought through jello? 
you know, and you can't, you can't believe how many times people go, yeah, that's exactly what I feel like. I, mm-hmm. I can't seem to think quickly at all. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times that's an immunologic reaction that's going on. Hmm. Okay. So gosh, you hit on a lot of things. Um, <laughs> what, what about kind of that? Well, well, first off, uh, how could people take one of these, you know, tests to say, well, was it almonds? Oh gosh, no. I mean, usually, you know, you hear about dairy or gluten, but how sure. would somebody go and check out, oh, these are the wrong foods that I don't need to be avoiding. Right. So, I mean, I, I, I do medical education for actually for a company uh, called Infinite Food Allergy Labs. So Infinite Allergy Labs, and they can look Infinite Allergy Labs up. And uh, they can be guided to either a practitioner or how to get a food allergy test. And the reason I like Infinite is because they test for four different categories of immune response. So you're getting a, a really thorough understanding of what am I reacting to. And a lot of times with our metabolic code, because we're teaching the metabolic code approach to pharmacists, we're teaching it to clinicians, um, you, know, you know, literally all over the country. And, you know, we think that, you know, looking at the gut is, you know, it's incredibly important. And and at the same time, as you said, those different buckets that people fall into, the way we approached it was we took um, about 180 questions that you answer, then we add labs, and then your biometrics, you know, what's your heart rate, what's your blood pressure, what's your weight, and then even your wearable data. And then all of that information kind of flows into those five buckets and says, where do you need to begin? Now, your gut might be, you know, maybe maybe you've got a little bit of irritable bowel, but if you're stressed out and anxious and you're not sleeping well at night, it's going to be hard for you to get your gut right if you don't take steps to manage that stress. And there's great natural compounds to help manage stress. There's great things you can do to help your sleep and, and even things like behavior modification. Hey, I'm going to try and do some some deep breathing a couple times a day for three minutes to try to unload that, that excessive fight or flight response that I've loaded because, you know, I'm working two jobs or I'm a single parent or gee, I was working, but now I'm the stay at home parent educating my child because they're, they're at home doing school, right? A lot of different stressors this last year. And so I think it's important that, you know, people try to identify where am I broke? And the gut, obviously, I think is at the center of that because of the history that people have with antibiotic use, corticosteroid use, proton pump inhibitors, so acid blocking drugs, even metformin can affect the microbiome, you know, a drug commonly used uh, to treat insulin resistance and diabetes. So it's not just antibiotics that affect the microbiome. And and in fact, there's probably about 25% of the drugs on the market have an impact on the microbiome. Hmm. Fascinating. Yeah. Well, as pharmacists, we certainly do need to be aware of those. Um, well, tell us a little bit more about, uh, you know, longevity and, and how we can, you know, obviously there are different things to help the entire system, um, the brain, the gut, our immune system, gosh, especially the immune system right now with COVID, right? Um, but yeah, what are some things that, you know, especially about longevity, 
Um, people yeah. do want to live longer, right? <laughs> I, I think we want to live longer and we want to live healthier. So, you know, my, my, my credo has always been, you know, vitality at every stage in life. So I, I didn't care if I had a five-year-old that was sitting in front of me that wasn't feeling their best or an 85-year-old. People deserve to feel their best at, at, at the age that they're at. And so, you know, with longevity, it's interesting, you know, you, you can figure that, and there's some great new tests to, to, to test biological age, for example, you know, true age uh, test, which is the work of Dr. Horvath, who, who uh, you know, looked at methylation of DNA. And it's a simple blood test that can show you your biological age. Well, it turns out that, you know, you, you, you do have a set of cards that you're dealt at birth, right? Your genes. But honestly, the majority of what's going to determine how you age in terms of longevity, it has to do with your diet. And you know what? There's no one diet that works for everyone. But we know that you know people that consider a plant-forward diet, meaning I'm going to eat more vegetables, that's a great start no matter who you are. Uh, so the type of diet you eat, what type of drug history have you been you know, with? You know, what, did you, what have you been taking your whole life? Because certain drugs could be depleting nutrients from your body that's affecting your metabolism, uh, could be affecting your antioxidant capacity. Uh, certainly things like environmental burden, you know, toxic metals, uh, persistent organic pollutants, you know, biotoxins, you know, you know, mold and, you know, the whole, um, and, you know, you know, uh, water damage building scenario that's out there now. Uh, there, so there's a lot of things environmentally that can happen. What's your exercise habits like, you know, because, I, I do work with athletes in all five major league sports and, you know, and, and a few Olympians to boot. And uh, it's surprising that a lot of times, you know, athletes break down and have the same issues that, you know, and you know, what we consider kind of the normal everyday person has, they just look better because they're exercising a lot. Hmm. But when you start to overtrain, you put pressure on your immune system. You start to create more inflammatory compounds and your body works pretty simple. So if you're, if you're thinking about longevity, the, the key thing that you really need to grab hold of, your body is supposed to have a process of inflammation and then it's supposed to get turned off. But if you're under stress or you're eating foods that are spiking your insulin, which postprandial hyperglycemia is the number one thing that causes cardi cardiovascular disease. So if you're eating a lot of sugar, uh, or if you're one of those persons that say, Hey, I don't have to wor worry about what I eat because I exercise. Not, not so true. Uh, because you're, you're really trying to keep your body in balance as you age. So if you're under a lot of stress and you're not getting enough sleep and, and you're, and, and you're not eating well, or you've been exposed to certain chemicals or, or, you know, all of those things can lead you towards accelerated aging. Well, what are the two big things that have been identified with decreasing longevity? Well, one is excessive stress hormones. So cortisol, looking at blood pressure, how flexible are your blood vessels? Are you getting not just plaque, but vulnerable plaque? Are you making bad actor lipids like oxidized LDL? Are you making byproducts of your metabolism that damage your DNA? Like there's a compound called deoxyguanosin that, that gets made in your body. And if you make a bunch of that, you're going to damage your DNA and you're going to make a bad blueprint for your next set of cells. So all of those things are really important. And if, if you're thinking about, well, what are some good nutrients that people can take? 
I really like uh, aged garlic extract. So if, if you're not familiar with aged garlic extract, there's 870 publications on aged garlic extract, and it's been shown in human studies to improve blood vessel pliability, to regress vulnerable plaque. In combination with statins, it reduces calcium artery uh, increase by 77% versus statins alone. So I love this as kind of one of those universal ingredients that's meeting the needs of people today because, you know, Hillary, we see it as pharmacists in the front line. People are on statins, people are on blood pressure meds, people are on blood sugar meds, people are on NSAIDs, and people are taking PPIs. And then they're having trouble sleeping and taking something for sleep, and sometimes they're anxious or depressed, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's kind of, if you, if you think about it, that that's what people were coming in and picking up a lot of the time. Yep. And so we have to start to unwind that and unpack that. And what, what's causing a lot of this is the fact that, you know, people haven't managed their lifestyle. You know, the, the most valuable herb in all traditional cultures were called the adaptogens, right? Because they helped people adapt to stress. So since the beginning of recorded pharmacy, plant adaptogens were highly revered across all cultures. Well, today what happens is, is people run really hard and the adaptogens in the USA are Xanax and Prozac, right? You wait till you break and then you, then you got to take an, an anti-anxiety drug or an antidepressant. And what we really need to do is get people learning about how to manage their health so they don't get to that break point, so they don't make bad actor lipids, that they don't plaque their arteries and that they don't have to resort to, you know, to, to drugs that are really powerful until you know, obviously drug therapy is important and it's good and I'm not against it or I wouldn't, you know, be proud of the fact I'm a, I'm an ACCP pharmacist. I'm, I'm a, I, I love being a clinical pharmacist, but at the same time, we need to empower people to manage their chronic health instead of their chronic illness. And uh, so th to me, those are the key things when you think of longevity. If you think about compounds, things like green tea are great. Alpha lipoic acid is great. It's been shown to have some fantastic effects on, on the genes transcription that relates to keeping your mitochondria healthy. So, you know, mitochondria is your powerhouses in your cell. And you want to be able to generate energy as you're aging. And so, but what happens is, is when we get, when we get under that chronic metabolic inflammation called metaflammation, we end up damaging our mitochondria and we can't make energy as efficiently. And we go from making 38 packets of energy when we take in some glucose to making two with a bunch of waste products. And that's what we got to avoid. Mm -hmm. Okay. Fascinating. Well, Jim, where are some of the, um, you know, different supplements and things that you mentioned? Um, how do people go about learning more about that and, and where to find some of those? Yeah, that's great. I mean, there's, there's obviously, um, they can go to jimlaval.com. They could go to metaboliccode.com. Uh, and, you know, obviously I've, you know, I've designed products for companies for the last 30 years. Uh, and finally, I've you know designed some products that that uh, are within Metabolic Code that are Metabolic Code that are kind of high impact products, ones that deal with stress and deal with sleep and deal with the gut and, and deal with immune support uh, and deal with cardiometabolic health, right? And and it, and it even more so, work on things like, well, how do I get my 
testosterone up naturally? How do I, how do I manage my estrogen so I'm not making bad estrogen? Uh, so we've really focused on uh, products that have high impact that are the, the ingredients that are in the clinical trials and clinical doses. Uh, and we also are engaged in using a, a, a technology called True Trace, where you take a picture of the QR code on the bottle and it'll show you from the from the origin of the product all the way through the manufacturing and courting all the testing so that's a truly transparent label and that you know what you're getting. And so if they go to metaboliccode.com or gymlevel.com, they can learn a lot about uh, the, you know nutrients. They can obviously pick up a lot of the books that I've written and eBooks that go through these things as well. Okay, very good. Well, Jim, it was such a pleasure to have you as a guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast to learn more about this and and some of the work that you've been doing for years and years and and some of the resources where people can find out more. So thank you so much for sharing some of this knowledge with us. Oh, it was my pleasure. I was glad to be on. Well, and and as our final question before um before we in the interview, one of my favorite questions to ask is what is some advice that you would tell your younger self or for others out there who are just getting started in our career, in their career? Well, if it's, if it's career related, it's, it's pretty simple. Have an open mind, Uh, you know, look and extend your, your vision for where your career is going to be over the farthest horizon you can. You know, when I started at this, there weren't a lot of pharmacists that were doing the kind of work that I do, but you know, I had a passion for it. And I think if you follow your passion, you're going to be really excited about waking up the next morning and getting on with your next day of work. I know for me at the age of 60, soon to be age 61, um, I still can't get enough of the work that I'm doing. And I'm, I feel that I was blessed for doing that. And I would encourage anybody that you know, in the end, you know, really look to to fulfill your passion and your work and, and do the same thing in the rest of your life. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Jim. It was a pleasure to have you as a guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Oh, my, my pleasure. Have a great day. And that's the end of this episode. But if you want to hear more about pharmacists in leadership, be sure to check out my new book now available as an ebook and paperback on Amazon. Go over to Amazon and search for How Pharmacists Lead, Answers from Women Who Are Leading, Succeeding, and Impacting Pharmacy. And I hope you check it out. And if you liked this episode, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It helps us to get in front of more pharmacists and others interested in the pharmacy industry. We really appreciate your support in sharing this content. Thanks for listening to this episode of Talk to Your Pharmacist, produced by the Pharmacy Advisory Group. If you liked this episode, let us know by subscribing to the podcast, rating, and reviewing it. Share it with friends. And if you want to be a guest or know a pharmacist leader who has a great story to tell, connect with me, Hillary Blackburn, on LinkedIn and check out our Facebook page, Pharmacy Advisory Group for updates on new podcasts. Thanks for listening.